As I mentioned a few weeks ago, there was someone's grandchild who was sure that our next G word was going to be grace. And we had planned a five-week series on grace, 5G, and we finished that up last week and we didn't get to grace. So we're going to have a bonus round today. We're going to have a sixth G and it is, of course, grace. The problem with grace is not that nobody has heard of it, like a couple of weeks ago when we had the word garrison. The problem in talking about grace is it has too many meanings. Grace is the daughter of a friend of mine, the name of a person I used to sing with in a band. Grace is the ability to move elegantly with style. There are social graces and the grace period before our bills are actually due. It's an address to a duke or a duchess. Good evening, your grace. It's even an address to a bishop. Although I've never called our bishop your grace. I mean, he would think I was nuts. <laughs> grace is a whole lot of things. And when I looked up the definition in an online dictionary, the biblical definition of grace was so far down the list that didn't even show up on the first page. Oh, and grace is the church that I was born into. My parents belonged to Grace Methodist Church in Burnsville, just across from the Buck Hill ski area. They didn't have the internet back then, and I didn't spend my time reading the dictionary. But as a child, Grace Church taught me the biblical definition of grace. Undeserved, unmerited favor. A free gift. I don't know who picked that church name, but it certainly fit. It seems that everything about my experience there as a child was an undeserved, unmerited gift. First off, no church was located in a better location to bless a young boy's life than grace. Sitting up above the shores of, of Crystal Lake, I could slip off after worship while my parents talked and talked and talked and go fishing. In the ravine going down there, there were, there were wild grapes to be picked. And in the grassland around the church, there were these we weeds that I had never found any other place but in the fall, they would, would grow about six-inch little spear-shaped seeds. They were even barbed and very sharp. And you could take them like a dart and throw them at your brothers. <laughs> and they would stick into their clothes. And we would chase each other around throwing these, these weeds. If anybody knows what kind of weeds those are, tell me after church, because I've never seen them anywhere uh, but they were a lot of fun. There was Sunday school, and there were homemade ice cream socials and Christmas pageants, and they had an old glass bottle pop machine with the cheapest pop in town. There were four of us boys, and we were just uh, a little over a year apart. And let's just say that uh, we were not very quiet in church. It was not easy to sit there. But I can't remember anyone ever saying 
anything to us or speaking harshly. It was nothing but welcoming. We were always treated better than we deserved. Now, now grace may seem like a church from out of a fairy tale, and I suppose that my view is colored by nostalgia. But I kid you not, we were all so close in that congregation that we didn't call our pastor, Pastor. We called him Pa, and his wife was Ma. It was Ma and Pa Vol. We were all like a family, and they loved us like we were their kids. Totally undeserving. Without reading a dictionary or studying theology, I learned that grace meant undeserved blessing. Now, as a teenager, I left grace. We switched to a church closer to home so that I could walk to confirmation. But I never left God's grace. Or rather, God's grace never left me. And to this day, I'm thankful for the experiences of grace I received at Grace Church. So I ask you, who taught you the meaning of grace? Who taught you the meaning of grace? Tomorrow's Memorial Day, and at this time of year, you might be reflecting on some of the people from your past who taught you grace. I think about the men and women who gave their lives in service to our country. We didn't deserve their sacrifice or the gift of freedom for which they paid their lives. Many died before we were even born. Grandfathers, distant cousins, but mostly complete strangers. But they gave their lives so that we could live the life that we have today. Totally undeserved favor. Grace. But it's not just those who died in war that that we think about this weekend. There are many we remember who blessed us with undeserved favor and whose grace gave us a glimpse of God's grace. We saw some of them in our slideshow that, that we had at the beginning of the service. Sally Jepson, Betty Turnbull, Jerry Specht, Dolores Myers, Donna Garrick, many, many others from just this past year who've died. And then almost an endless list of those who remember from years past. I bet you're thinking about somebody right now, somebody who in your life showed you grace and taught you what it means. Psalm 116 says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. This Memorial Day we remember with affection those faithful servants who've died. And I hope you have somebody in your family or have met someone else who have shown you grace like that. A family member, a service member, a church member. If they're gone, then remember them fondly. And if they're still here, I encourage you to, to let them know how much they meant to you and how they've showed you grace. But even if no one comes to mind, when I, when I say the word grace, even if your family never treated you with undeserved favor, and even if you've never felt blessed by your church, whatever name it had, all those things are wonderful, but even if you, you never experienced God's grace from the people around you, 
know that there is grace for you still. The greatest grace of all, the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the very definition of grace. Freely giving his life for ours. The Bible says in the second chapter of Ephesians, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God. It's grace. It's all grace. So why is it so hard to accept that it's grace that saves us? Grace that blesses us. I hear people say things like, well, if you're good, you'll go to heaven. No. We don't get to heaven because we are good. We get to heaven because Christ was good. And he paid the price with his life so that we could live. There is nothing we can do to pay for what Jesus has done. You might have heard the, the little acronym of the word grace, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 says this, For you know the grace that our Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Christ became poor so that we could be rich. Rich in the love and the blessings of God. He paid the price for our failures, for our sins, for all those times that we haven't been good. He paid what we never could. And that's why it's grace. Unmerited favor and blessing. Once when I was a child... I was bored and looking for something to do. We had a park near our house, and I was wandering the park. And there was a, a house next to the park, and it had one of those old-fashioned uh, black lampposts, you know, like something out of a Charles Dickens play. And I looked at the lamppost, and then I looked around me, and, and I picked up a rock. And... And I threw it at the lamppost. And it made this satisfying ping as it bounced off the metal. And I picked up some more rocks. And I, sometimes I missed, but sometimes I hit it and it would go ping. Until one time it didn't go ping. It went crash as the rock went through the glass panes and knocked out the light. I was horrified but especially when the owner of the house came bursting out the door. What have you done? I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I stammered. 
I'll pay for it. And I reached into my pocket to pull out the little coin purse that held my vast fortune and dumped it out into my hand. And it was just a few coins. It couldn't have been more than 37 cents. And with a shaky hand, I, I held it out to him. said, I'll pay for it. Now, I don't know how much it cost to replace the glass and the light bulbs in, in, that, uh, in that lamppost back then, but I'm pretty sure even then, at that age, I realized that 37 cents wasn't going to cover it. And he looked at, at those few coins in my hand, and his face softened, and he said, no, that's okay. You keep your money. I'll pay for it myself. Just don't throw rocks anymore. And he turned and went back into the house. That was grace. I owed the debt. It was my fault. But he paid the price for what I'd done. It was unmerited, unearned favor. It was grace. And that's exactly what Jesus has done for us. Out of his riches as God, he paid the price for our wrongs. We haven't earned it, we don't deserve it, and never will. Yet God gives it anyway. That's the gospel, that's the good news. And yet it seems so hard for people to accept. But how can you not forgive yourself when, when Jesus has forgiven you? How can you not show grace for yourself when Jesus has given you his grace and how can you hold on to a debt of someone else against, against them when Jesus has paid for your debt? I've always wanted to print up a, a t-shirt that, that says, what part of unmerited favor do you not understand? It might be a little bit too much and people might not quite get what I'm talking about. But what part of unmerited favor do you not understand? It's a gift. We do not earn it by our goodness and, and how wonderful we are, it's a gift because of how wonderful God is. It's grace. We can't earn it, so the only thing that we can, can really do is just accept it and be thankful. In fact, that's another definition of grace. Gratitude, thankfulness. Have you ever wondered why we when we're getting ready to have a meal, we say, and now we're going to say grace. You know, it's a little odd, you know, if you think biblically. And now we're going to say unmerited favor of God. No, we're not. We're going to say a prayer. Yeah, but, but grace is also about gratitude. It's about thanksgiving. Grace comes from the Latin, gratia. You've heard the word grazia, haven't you? It's Italian for thank you. Grazia. And it comes from an, a Latin root, gratis. And you've heard that word too, right? Gratis, something that's free. Gratis means free. We are thankful because we've received something for free. Now, of course, the Bible wasn't written in English or in Latin. It was written in Greek. And the word we translate grace is charis in Greek. It comes from the Greek root kairo, which is rejoice. We rejoice 
because of what God has given us. We are thankful because it is a free gift. So when we say grace at a meal, we're not just giving thanks for the food and for the ability to eat it. We're actually giving thanks for all of God's blessings the Lord has given us. It's really much deeper to say grace is to be reminded of all that God gives us, especially the gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. So we can probably uh, change that little song. Oh, the Lord is good to me, and so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need, the sun and the rain and the apple seed, and the free gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. <laughs> we say grace in gratitude for all of the grace that God has given us. But most of all, for Jesus. So this, more, this Memorial Day takes some time to say thank you for those who taught you grace, what grace is all about. Say grazia for the men and women who gave their lives in service to our country. Say grazia for the people in your family who loved you unconditionally. Say grazia for the church community who showed you the very meaning of grace, whatever church that was. But most of all, say grazia. Say grace for the unmerited, extravagant gift that you have received in Jesus Christ. He paid our debt. He gave his life. He made us his own. Let us pray. Let us say grace. Oh Lord, we have so many things to be thankful for. We thank you for those who gave their, their last full measure of devotion and service to our country. We thank you for those who served and yet were blessed to be able to come home to us. We thank you for family members who showed us the meaning of undeserved favor. We thank you for other Christians, people in churches here and, and in places around the world where we have seen a glimpse of your grace through the way they have loved others, loved us, and loved you. Lord, this is the time when our world needs grace because we have so much brokenness near and far in this country and around the world but let it be a reminder that that it's not something we earned the blessings we have are not because we have been such wonderful people in such a wonderful state in such a wonderful country our world is wonderful, but it is made wonderful by you and by the free gift of all the blessings we received. So on this Memorial Weekend, we remember and we thank you. We say grace.